is Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindenmark.com. Welcome to another special edition of Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast. And I've got a great exclusive interview today where I sat down with Bailey Peacock-Farrell, the Northern Ireland number one goalkeeper and on loan at AGF for the season. And it's always quite rare to, to get a player coming from the Championship or the, the Premier League coming over to Denmark at this point of his career. You know, he's only 26. He's the, the international number one. And he's got bags of experience, bags of talent, and yet still coming into his peak. So a really interesting character. And as soon as he came to the Super League, I was like, I've definitely got to get this guy on Danish Dynamite. I think it's such a cool story. And he's really turned heads with his performances in the first few weeks of the season. So yeah, I sat down with him virtually after training one day and we just talked about the move, how it materialized, his first experiences of Denmark, and hopefully it's a really interesting conversation. So without further ado, this is Football in Denmark meets Bailey Peacock-Farrell. Bailey, welcome. Firstly, welcome to the Superliga. And I wondered, could you talk a little bit about how the move unfolded? Because I remember there being rumours that there were, you know, championship clubs who'd made offers. And then a friend of mine, AGF supporter, actually the guy who gave you the, the bunch of flowers at the supporters uh, thing, he he said to me, oh, we're, we're, we're interested in, in this guy, Bailey Peacock Farrell. And I was like, this rumour is too out there to be false. So yeah, tell me about the summer. Yeah, so like you said, you touched on there. I had a couple offers in the championship that were there for me. And then over the course of, I'd say... I, from start to finish, I would say it was probably two weeks where AGF came came involved and came onto the scene. And from pretty much the get go, it was at the front runner in my mind. You know, um, I've always said to said to my agent and said to people in football, my teammates, uh, European football really intrigues me, and it's something that hopefully I can get to do in my career. And and I've said this for many years now. So then to when an opportunity does come up to turn it down to stick with the so-called easier, convenient options of staying in England, I thought it was a really good opportunity to to explore. So over the course of those those two weeks, I, I spoke to um I spoke to Uwe and he he gave me a brief like overview of the league and the club and how he works on uh, now as to compare to obviously I had him at Leeds for, uh, but I was I was third most choice at that time so I wasn't fully involved in the first team as a first team member so yeah he just gave me an overview and I thought this is really really good he told me it's pretty much the same as championship um tactically it's a better league you've got real tight games whereas in in the championship you can have a lot more often you have the three nils and the four nils and he said it was a more European style football com- similar to how I like uh, how I am at international football, that kind of pace of the game. And just basically overall what he said really intrigued me and I was really interested. So over the, over those two weeks I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. It'll take a take that that jump, that so called leap of faith as such and um, get on a plane over to Denmark. Yeah, I wondered, you know, having played a part in, in Burnley's promotion to the Premier League last season, was it was it a tough decision to leave? No, it was it was fair, fairly well, it was it was an easy one. I myself, I like I need to be playing football. I'm in that stage of my career where I need to be playing regular for for my career and also just my happiness. I ultimately enjoy enjoy playing week in week out, and at that moment, Burnley wasn't fulfilling that aspect. Uh, Burnley were aware of that. They 
and it was a fairly easy decision for me to go and um, search for regular game time elsewhere this season. Makes total sense. And I, you know what? I'm always so surprised that more top players don't come from the Premier League and the Championship to test themselves in, in Denmark. So I'm really delighted that you made the move. But speaking to your, I don't know, friends, former teammates, were any of them surprised that you were headed over the North Sea? Yeah, pretty much everyone was surprised from the, the start, really. Um, and it, it was basically from once I've explained the picture and, and the league and like we've just touched on before we started, not many people know about the ins and outs of this league and in England. So it's a, a case of they're not just not educated on the, the league or the standard and they, they can't see how it could compare or to the kind of levels of English football. And, and uh, once I've pretty much explained to them, I said, look, you've got a real tough league here and a league full of really technical players and tactical abilities and the way that every team pretty much plays by the odd one is is good football uh, whereas in England you can have in the championship for example you can have maybe only I think at Burnley we were a very passing team last year a good footballing team uh, still are now um, but maybe there's only six or seven footballing teams in the championship that you'd class uh, Swansea would be another mm. one uh, whereas pretty much here, everyone is playing out. Everyone is playing through the thirds and there's not many direct teams, which is quite a, a, a nice thing to to do. It's a, it's, a, it's a good league and people really probably need to understand that a little bit more. But like you said, there's not much coverage of it in England. Yeah, I was speaking to the FC Norgeland manager, Johan Torup after the, the conference league game the other week. And he was saying that, it, you know, I, I was asking for help selling the Danish league. I was like, what would you say, you know, to people to, to get them to watch the Danish league? And he said, look, of the 12 teams, there's not a single one who yeah. plays the same style. And that's really interesting from a, from a, a I guess, a, a tactical perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uwe said the same thing. Um, everyone's a little bit different tactically because of the, the league. You've only got one game a week. Um, it leads to a lot more coaching throughout the week, uh, which in turn leads to more tactical awareness and ability. So overall, games are tighter, they're, they're more structured and there's less um, chances to give away because everyone is so well drilled in their shape and their own style. So yeah, like it, like you said there, everyone is slightly different. Uh, on a whole, I would say everyone's technical ability is still of a, is of a really good level as well. And then on top of that, mm. they add their, their team's DNA to the game as well. I know you said before that you didn't know a huge amount about AGF or the Danish league before arriving. What have you done in the lead up to the move and sort of in your first few weeks, what have you done to kind of uh, immerse yourself in, in the league? So basically how, how it's just been going is just, just through training and match analysis of whoever we're playing. And I just learned that way. So. Throughout the week, we get drip-fed information of um, whoever we're playing against, how their style and how they are. So that's how I'm learning. And over the course of the season, obviously, it splits next year into the top six and bottom six. Uh, we'll play each other again and again. So I think over the course of the season, my knowledge will be just constantly learning. So um, every week, new team, new chance to learn something about them. Brilliant. And... 
it seems like from what I've read, and bear in mind that everything that I read in the Danish press, I have to put through Google Translate, so <laughs> I, I, not getting it direct some of the time. But it seems like from what I've read, the understanding was that you'd get a run of games to prove yourself, which I think you certainly have, you know, six games, three clean sheets, only one loss there. Has Uwe pulled you to one side yet and and told you that you're the, the permanent number one for the rest of the season? No, I don't think any manager does that anymore. I've been given an opportunity and like you touched on there and I'd probably say I've, I've taken it so it's it's mine it's mine to lose I think I think you'll be hard pressed to find any team in the world now where the current playing goalie if he has three four five bad games in a row he's not going to be swapped just like any outfielder I think gone were the days of where you've got Back in the days where you probably had an out-and-out one, an out-and-out number two, and an out-and-out number three, I think most teams now like to carry at least two playing goalies. Mm. So I think I think Uwe and, and uh, Stig, the sporting director, across the entire team is trying to create competition and elevate the team each transfer window. So, yeah, I, it's currently mine to lose. But just like every every single player, I'm, I'm out there to try and perform to the best of my ability and to continue playing for this team yeah and I guess if you keep if you keep playing those passes like you did the other week with the uh it wasn't quite an assist but maybe it was a pre-assist second assist I want to call it yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah if you keep doing those I'm sure that's gonna help your cause no end yeah I hope so I wanted to ask a bit about the goalkeepers union and I guess this might be a difficult question but I wondered how the relationship between goalkeepers at a club works so unlike outfield positions the idea of rotating goalies between games or you know coming off the bench and playing 20 minutes doesn't really happen necessarily so I guess there'll be situations where a starter becomes a backup as is now the case with with Jesper Hansen how does the group maintain kind of a good relationship despite the fact that there's such fierce competition it's a strange one the keepers because it's hard to explain I think there's just a there's an understanding there and ultimately it's the manager who chooses the team so you can't really deflect your anger towards the player who's playing ahead of you at that moment in time so I've been very fortunate in my career so far where I've had pretty a good goalkeeper's union from I don't know 16 years old it's been really good um I think there's something in our DNA where we stick together. There's a feeling that you pull towards each other naturally, because um, we obviously we're separate from the team from a for a lot of the time. We we're an individual in a team sport is probably how I'd like to describe it. It's it's a specialized position, so we train by ourselves and then we come in to the team. So we're with each other twenty four seven pretty much. I can only speak from my side because, like I said, I've only had good ones, but um, it's been fine. It's been great so far. Uh, Jesper's been amazing in terms of helping me understand the, the teams that we're playing against. You know, he's he as well as telling me, oh, this player's got a great right foot. He likes to cut inside and get a shot off. This team is a bit more physical on corners. Um, he gives me that kind of insight because, obviously, as we well know, he's played in the league for a long, long time now. So he's been he's been great in that aspect as well, and then off the pitch as well, he's letting me know a few places to go and visit and um, helping me with certain things as well. So he's been a great interaction so far and a good goalkeeper junior. Brilliant. Speaking of kind of off the pitch stuff, what's been your first impressions of uh, of Denmark and Arus especially? Has there been anything that's kind of surprised you in the positive sense about the the day to day? 
the one bit I've, I've probably noticed just is how incentivized you are to ride a bike or have an electric car or basically not to drive your car. Bike lanes are great and you've got the uh, scooters you can hop on, the bikes you can rent. I've noticed that about the city. The city is super clean. It's such a, it's a great size. Like it's not too big, not too small. It's got enough going on. I've been honestly really, really happy with the, the place as a whole. Been here for a, a, a bit of time now and just had a walk around because I was in the hotel for a couple of weeks. So there was not much to do in a hotel. So you just end up walking around the city and discovering bits and bobs. And it's a really beautiful city. And along by the water as well, which has its own great benefits as well. So it's been really nice. And a lot of the team have uh, took me out. We went for dinner. We've gone to the cinema. So there's a good group of us as well. So I've managed to see quite a bit in my short time so far. Brilliant. And which of your teammates has sort of really gone out their way to help you settle in? I'd say I've probably spent the most time with Felix. We've got a common friend, uh, Yalmar, who's at Burnley. Okay. So done a few bits with Felix. Um, he's been helpful. My roommate Magnus also been really helpful as well. And there's about there's a good six seven of us in there that go for food and cinema quite a bit. Yeah, but those are the two that stick out. I saw at your unveiling number forty five, which is quite an unusual number for a keeper. What what's behind that? Are you secretly a, a huge Mario Balotelli fan? Yeah, why always me? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, I believe it was my first professional squad number at Leeds. So I went 45, 30, and then number one. Obviously, Jesper has one, and I think uh, the other two were taken. So I went right back to the start. And yeah, thought so I thought, you know what? I don't want just a, a random number. I want something that's, I've mean something a little bit. So yeah, it's a bit, it's certainly not a, a common playing goalie number. But yeah, 45 is is the one first professional contract number awesome yeah it's always nice when there's a little story behind it rather than just getting given a, a random one um what's the thing that you can't find in shops here that you miss most from the uk oh yorkshire tea bags <laughs> i've asked um I've, my 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 mum's gonna come over the end of september and i've asked her to bring me some for some reason those are th th those come up quite often i think we bring them to family in italy as well like people just love them they're a top tea I can't remember who in the England squad got him sent out for World Cup or the Euros or something. It was James James Milner, I'm pretty certain. Uh, sounds like a James Milner move. Yorkshire man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yorkshire tea is going to be coming my way in, in the next month. Hey, you can start a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> out on the pitch, I wondered, in Denmark, do, do games feel any different to England? You obviously haven't played on Astro yet, I don't think, but does the flow of the game feel any different? The, I would say, obviously... I've only seen a brief uh, view of the stadiums. So overall, overall, I would say the stadiums are better in England in terms of just size and presence of, uh, as well. We had the Club Bruges game away and home. And one of the things I noticed was the flares and the flags and the drums. And I felt we carried a good atmosphere that was probably, you, you don't really see that in England. You don't see many drums or flags or flares. And if you do bring a flare, you're getting taken out quite quickly. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a bit more of an atmosphere here. And in terms of the game, I, I would put it, the tempo as more of an international game. I think the Prem and the Championship is, is faster and a bit more hectic and, and quicker. 
I'd say the pace here is a bit more controlled and then the final third is fast. So it's how I would probably describe it. Um, obviously, Norshaland have got a, a very um, fast team in general. But on a whole, from what from the games that I've played so far, I'd say it's a more international-paced game. That's really interesting. And yeah, I, I'm seemingly obsessed by the difference between playing on grass and AstroTurf. So once you've played on Astro, I'd love to know, uh, love to know how it compares. Yeah, I've only, I've only done it once professionally, and that was Lithuania away two seasons ago. Mm. I think, yeah, two seasons ago. And I've got actually Kazakhstan next, next week okay. on AstroTurf. So that can be my little practice, as if you if you could call it a practice in a Euro qualifiers. But yeah, it's not the greatest. Obviously, it's not perfect. But I think in Scotland you've got some astroturfs as well. But from what I've been told, it's obviously behaves differently. The ball skids different, rolls different. It's just going to be a different game. Obviously, Northland use it as its home advantage, and I think it's fairly clever from them. To be honest, they can always guarantee a flat surface and it fast ball speed. So. It works well for them. Yeah. And actually, uh, Silkeborg play on one too. And when they play each other, as yeah. was last week, it's called El Plastico. That's a bit of a uh, bit, bit of Danish football knowledge for you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Good to know. Unlike in England, there's uh, quite a long winter break in Denmark. Is it something you think you'll enjoy to be able to, I don't know, switch off, recharge a bit uh, over those dark winter months? Yes. I'm looking forward to that quite a lot because... You know, like I said, in England, we don't have it. And it's only been starting to be introduced over the last two, three seasons where you get a two-week window where half the teams play one week and then half the teams play another. So there, you'd probably get maybe three, four days off. So, And that's in January anyway. So not really that beneficial. But here's obviously a long break. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be the next time that I'll be going back to England. It'll be really nice because, yeah, I haven't had really a Christmas since I became... I was a scholar at Leeds at 16. So I'm really looking forward to being able to go home and spend time with my family and my friends and, and enjoy Christmas for, for what it is. I'm quite a, a festive person by nature. In my heart, like I was brought up in a very festive environment. So to be able to enjoy Christmas is quite is something I'm, I'm looking forward to. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I can't really imagine missing out on it for 10 years or whatever. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that's an extra benefit of this move. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I, I do really believe, I think the European leagues have got it right when it comes to that. I think they've got that balance quite nice in terms of work and play as you such, you know, um, having a bit of off time over Christmas. I think that's good for, you know, the mental health as well as the you know the physical having maybe a week off i know some leagues don't have as the danish leagues obviously longer than most but even if it's a week or two it's certainly a nice thing to have obviously but it's traditional isn't it is what we call it in england it's a big yeah. tradition to do boxing day and new year so is what it is but i'm sure if you probably asked every footballer they would say they would love to have it off yeah you, you get situations where you see players pick up fifth bookings injuries or yellow cards yeah, yeah just in the lead up to christmas and you do wonder if they've got a yeah a, yeah a, a dinner booking or something yeah exactly yeah <laughs> they've got uh two kids at home and they want to watch the the kids open presents because you know sometimes it depends on the manager you could be training on the morning or you could have maybe the morning off and then you've got a report for training and then if you're unlucky and you're having a away game you're in a hotel christmas day it's not ideal but you like i said i've been doing it for six, since i was 16 17 so i've become accustomed to not having it but i'm certainly looking forward to it this year 
Most of the Superliga games I watch, there's no commentary. So I hear all the shouts from the touchline. And whenever I watch AGF, I, I always recognize Dave Reddington on the touchline. Yeah. Is it nice to have someone at the club who's also, you know, come from English football and kind of understands the environment that you've come from? Yeah, yeah, d certainly. Like just the English mindset with, in terms of he understands obviously moving abroad and it's not normal for English players to do that. And yeah, he's... Uh, it's been great to have him there. We have a chat most mornings and we talk about absolutely nothing and everything. And I think he also mentioned things like you know, baked beans isn't a thing here. It's not really a, a thing. Yorkshire tea bags, obviously, can't really find them. We just have a little little chats, little laughs about the stuff that you have in England that you don't have. But yeah, it's good to talk about obviously, the, the Premier League and everything really it's been it's it's a nice thing to have obviously an english side here it's uh certainly certainly helped things for sure brilliant you talked about uh, the fact that you're off on an international break with northern ireland i think it's slovenia and kazakhstan are these breaks something that you look forward to or does it kind of disrupt the rhythm of the season no, I I think maybe when I first started, when I was 21, it kind of messed up your flow a little bit. But now I'm a lot older. I really enjoy going away. I always have. And I've found as I've gotten older, it's, it's a lot easier to swing back into club football as well. It's nice to go away, see fresh, like new faces again, you know, that ultimately playing in international football is amazing. So to be able to do that is a real privilege. And yeah, always look forward to... Um, going away because we have a great team and a great team spirit so yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah you get get some more stamps in the passport see some different places so yeah it does sound fun yeah I'm, i might actually run out i might need a new one by the end of the, the year because <laughs> getting stamps for everything now absolutely i wanted to you touched on it before but the, the kind of the mental side of the game for any professional footballer the the mental pressure of having to perform every week, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, whatever else is going on in your life, but even more so for a goalkeeper, because there's no, you know, there's no centre back partner to, to bail you out. There's, you know, you're there on your own in a different coloured shirt. How do you deal with that sort of weekly cycle of pressure and then relief and then, you know, back to pressure, etc.? Yeah, it's, it's certainly, yeah, you've got no one who's going to really bail you out when you make a mistake and, You've got to make peace with that. Another thing as I've gotten older has gotten a lot better in terms of dealing with that. And it's been, it's hard I want to describe. You just learned, I don't want to say you don't care, but you just, you learn to, if you make the mistake, you go, right, you, you've got to just let it go. And you've got to just move on. It's like, put that thought in the bin and then get on with whatever remainder of the game is. I think there's nothing worse than making a mistake and you're dwelling on it and one mistake becomes two and then that's when you really hits a fan almost so yeah you you've got to you've got to learn to really park it and i think it's a great skill that i've probably learned and transferred into normal life as well control being able to control the controllables and let everything else go yeah still working on that myself but <laughs> yeah i don't think you'll ever be perfect but the more you can let go, the more things you can do. If you just control the controllables, you get to a good mental space, I think. If you're stressing over things you can't do, what is the point? Great advice. Yeah, it's simple. Sean Dyche really said that. Uh, he, he liked that saying a lot and it's and it stuck with me. I think it's a real good one. It's obviously early days of your time in, in AGF, but am I right in thinking that you're a free agent this summer? Uh, yeah, technically, yeah. Um, Burnley have an option to take a, an extra year. But uh, yeah, technically, my contract runs out at the end of uh, June. 
And do you think there's a chance that you'll make this move permanent if it continues to fulfill the different things you want it to in terms of playing time and, you know, the experience of being in a new place? I honestly couldn't say. I really, I think this is why we just touched on there 10 seconds ago. It's uncontrollable, isn't it? I think when when those discussions happen, then you discuss it. But I'm in such a, a good space now where I've got to, I just focus on a game every week. I've left everything in England. I'm just, I'm here physically and mentally to perform and help this team do better than it did last year. And what will be the result of that will be the result of that. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And I know it's not a real fun answer for you, but <laughs> it's th- you can't let thoughts like that carry yourself away, you know, so early in the season. I think I've got 10 more games left till the winter break. So I, in my mind, I've got 10 games to win and 10 clean sheets to get. So that's my that's where my head's at at the moment. As soon as you start thinking about other things, football has a real funny thing of biting you and put, and humbling you real quick. So it's one thing that you've got to be patient on. Yeah, I think this is more to do with me. I'm, I'm a forward thinker, I'm a planner. So like I like to, I like to think a year ahead. <laughs> oh, no, so am I. Oh, honestly, I am such a, I'm such a planner and I am so forward thinking and it's so against my nature to do this. But it's a skill that I've had to learn because otherwise it drives me insane. And yeah, by nature, I'm a planner. But in football, you can't do anything. Like I said, yeah. two weeks it was with discussions with it. Yeah. And I'm in a different country. If you asked me two weeks before, my planning would have gone out the window and I would have been stressed about it. So you've got to, it's a hard thing to try and com- comprehend, but you've just got to let things go and football will just ha- take care of itself. The final thing that I wanted to ask you, the mo- I saved the most important question for last. Have you tried a Faxi Condi yet? Oh, the, fa- the Fanta. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Iconic drink in Denmark, particularly the lemonade version. Haven't had the lemonade version yet. That's the classic. I've just had the orange one. You need to get the classic. Yeah, it was one of the first things I got told about when I was here. (laughs) Um, I got told about that, obviously the pastries, and just go to any bakery you can because every single one's amazing with the breads and the pastries and and stuff like that. So um, I've already had one or two um, drinks so far. Yeah, good stuff. Well, listen, Bailey, thank you so much for giving up your time. It's the it's the evening there for you. So I know that you've got your rest, you've got your uh, preparation to do. So yeah, really appreciate you giving up the time. Thank you. Now my girlfriend's in the kitchen now. She's making food. So I'm, I'm lucky I didn't have to cook tonight. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, don't worry about it. It was, it was an absolute pleasure and I was looking forward to this. So yeah, it's been great. Brilliant, man. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. And yeah, come on again in the second half of the season and uh, tell us how it's going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll be good. A little halfway review. See where we are. Perfect. And that's it for this episode. I'd like to thank Bailey for his time and hopefully you enjoyed listening to that conversation. Uh, I'll be back next time with another edition of Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast. Until then, enjoy the football and I'll speak to you next time.